Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, our Justice for Slippy campaign pays dividends. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Nintendo Direct that was canceled, and then come back on Thursday, where we are going to be determining the all-time best NPC from a Zelda game with special guest, Omar Najam. Mark, all-time... Can you believe it's already here? I can't. It came so quickly. It, it It's like Christmas, It right? really is. It's like a Nintendo Cartridge Society Christmas. Uh, and as a little bonus Christmas, uh, we had to put off our recording of this episode for 24 hours, which means that at the time this episode releases, you still have a couple hours to get your favorite Zelda NPC uh, emailed to us. Exactly. It's like uh, having school canceled or something. You should take advantage of that 24 hours to its fullest. Absolutely. So email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail and tell us who we absolutely have to have in there. And, you know, maybe someone can suggest a cap on the number of times we can suggest Tingle. Maybe. You could try. You can, you can certainly try it. Um, uh, also, you can use that email address to do what, Mark? Borrow Patrick's copy of Sonic Forces for Switch. That's right. It is out there in the wild right now. Seattle, possibly. I forget where it is. Um, but if you send... That would be appropriate if it's in Seattle or the Seattle area. You mean Sonic, because, be... you know, they used to have the Supersonics. Oh, okay, yes. I was having a hard time following <laughs> that. Like, because Sonic likes rain? Is there... He likes coffee? Maybe that's true. <laughs> yeah, he might like coffee. Sonic has got to drink coffee. Goes well with... I got chili dogs? I bet he goes corn dogs? nuts. No, the chili dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I imagine that Sonic has a cup of coffee, and he's one of those people that, like, is insufferable. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it's not like Sonic's super fun to hang out with anyways. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he might be fun to hang out with, but, like, a lot. Yeah, he's maybe, like, fun in the way, like, some of your friends from college were, quote, unquote, fun. I like my friends from college. <laughs> not yours specifically. Well, actually, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 that, 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 yeah. Sorry, friends from college, if you're listening. Um, all right, Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so after last week when we had our conversation about uh, Link's Awakening and A Link Between Worlds, I don't know why these, these names stick in my head. Like, they don't tumble out of my mouth I, quite I, it was, right. I was a solid recovery. Thank you. Um, I went back in and uh, continued to play a, a Link Between Worlds like that very night. You and I were both fading. I was tired. My voice sounded like a crazy Muppet. Um, but I was like, I'm going to just kind of mindlessly play a little bit more of this game, which I had already beaten. Um, and I started to go around uh, collecting more of those, the little mammy my, my, my. Oh, man. I know what you're talking about. Could not tell you what it's supposed to it's M -A -I -A -M -A -I. be pronounced. My am I? <laughs> we'll say my am I. Uh, the my am I babies, because there are a hundred th of them in this game, making them a little bit like this game's uh, Koroks, like the Korok uh, seeds. seeds that you find in Breath of the Wild. Um, and I had something like 
43 of them uh, when I started my little like quest to get them all. Which is, I think, impressive in and of itself. It's a lot, yeah. Um, but uh, I got all but three of them. I have 97 of them. Uh, and I just did that that night. I stayed up till like 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> collecting like half of these baby things in this game. Uh, and uh, also just like upgraded the couple things I didn't have totally upgraded yet. I just, I don't know. It's a game that I like enough that I just dug right back into it to like just do more of it and just see more of it. So um, that's cool. I also played the Mega Man 11 demo. Right. So there was a Mega Man 11 demo that dropped for Switch this past week and also on PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, We think it was probably supposed to be originally timed with the Nintendo Direct that was supposed to happen last week. Which we'll get to. We'll get to. Yeah, we'll Um, get to. It's the same demo that uh, I played at E3 um, when I I was not able to finish it at E3. I got what I believed was close to the boss because it felt like close to the boss. Um, but Mega Man 11, I feel like, is not messing around. The levels are longer than I expect them to be, and the bosses are more involved than I expect them to be. Um, so I, if you're even remotely interested in a Mega Man game or like uh, any, anything like that, pick up the demo. It's really cool and really fun and really beautiful. Um, and uh, so I have been able to beat the one level that they have on display, uh, including the boss. Uh, which is cool. Like he, you get like kind of a normal robot master boss fight where it's like a, a U size robot kind of like hopping around. Uh, and then you take away half of his health and he turns into like a giant version of himself <laughs> and it's different attack patterns you have to learn. And then you fight that. And then he goes back to being little and he's doing different things then. So it's like a three stage boss, which is a totally un Mega Man That's thing. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it, it uh, is. I, I'm I'm so excited for this game to come out. It looks really, really cool. It's not that far away, right? It's like October 2nd or oh something man, like that. Not far away at all. Not far away at all. Uh, Mark, you've been playing some Animal Crossing? Yeah, so I haven't had a ton of time to game. It's I've uh, been at work a lot, and work has been a lot of like hurry up and then wait. Yes. And so uh, we've talked in the past that I don't have a lot of games on my phone, but one game I do still have for whatever reason is Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Mm-hmm. So booted that baby up for a little bit. Um, was still rocking some Christmas gear. <laughs> so it's been it's, it's been, been a, a while, minute, right? Okay, it's been a while. Um, so it, I my feelings on it haven't really changed that much. Where it's like it's okay to spend like a little bit of time, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of depth. They have definitely added a bunch of stuff since the last time I really played, like, gardening and all this kind of... But, oh, like, new mechanics. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sure, like, items as well. But yeah, yeah. it feels like it has become mo- more, like, uh, transaction-y with those new things instead oh, of, like, less. Like, less, yeah. Uh, and so I didn't really spend much time uh, participating in any of that kind of stuff. So Pocket Camp, still a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, so one more game that I've been playing, uh, I picked up IFO. Do you remember us talking about this game? Yeah, this is HAL Laboratory, right? Uh, or no, no, who is this? You're thinking of um, uh, Part-Time UFO. Oh, yes, that Part- is what I'm Part-Time UFO is the like uh, crane uh, grabby game for phones. Um, IFO is the uh, like game and watch looking game on 3DS. Oh, no, I don't remember this one. Uh, so it, it lo- and even has like a uh, a filter that you can like choose on it where it looks like the screen is like scratched up. Um, and the whole game is you control a plane 
um, and you can only control its like uh, like the angle that it's flying at by using the L and R buttons, um, and everything else it just like fires kind of a steady stream of like one two three, one two three, one two three, and you're approached by uh, these UFOs. And uh, some of the UFOs have like animals on them that they that they're like kidnapping, and you can shoot them and rescue the animals. Um, and then when you rescue an animal, you get like extra powers and stuff. But you don't have lives in the game. You get three hits, and then you're done, and the game starts over. And it's just like a high score chaser sort of thing. Um, and it came out only a couple months ago. Uh, it's four bucks on the 3DS. It's kind of really cool. Um, and like the chasing the the high score, it, like if if you if you're not motivated by that, like there's really nothing more to the game. Um, but like it gets more the longer you stay alive, the like weirder the enemies are that they throw at you. Um, I saw <clears throat> I saw an octopus enemy that is just like that octopus from one of those Game and Watch things where like you know its tentacles like pop out like you know one little piece of animation at a time. Um, but it's cool. It's a neat little game, and for four bucks, I mean it. Was something that you would probably pay a dollar for on a phone or something, but did it was you, really cool. Did you just recently pick it up, or had you picked it up in the past and then not really played it? No, I uh, made a note to myself to pick it up when it came out. In fact, I probably said on the show, I'm going to pick that up. Uh, didn't. Uh, and then this morning, I was going to do some laundry, so I went to the laundromat and uh, picked, it, uh, pick, picked the game up before I went to the laundromat. And I played it for the hour and a half or so that I was there. And the time kind of, you know, flew by. It was uh, fun and engaging. And every time you die, you can just be like, try again. And it's like an immediate respawn. The game starts over immediately. Um, And just like, you know, I I got up to like 35,000 points or something like that uh, on one run. And all of my previous, uh, like the highest previous runs were like 8,000 or something, right? Like there's this one now that I'm just going to be chasing forever. but yeah, I don't know, it's 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 a neat little game. I, I would be interested to hear if anyone else has, has picked up this game or has had any experience with it, because uh, it seems neat. Uh, so email us if that's the case, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com, or tweet at either or both of us. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. Mark, are you ready to get into new releases? Mm-hmm. That's what we were playing this week. Uh, here are the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Okay, today, September 11th, uh, NBA 2K19 comes out to everybody else who didn't pay like $100 for the 20th anniversary edition or whatever it was called. So weird. Um, And then I guess like the other big release for the week or releases is on Friday, September 14th, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torn of the Golden Country is yes. released this like uh, standalone game standalone expansion something right uh i still don't entirely understand i mean i think we got it i think we got it i think that's it i think it's a standalone expansion oh, so it, maybe i do understand it's like yeah you Confidence. do i should just not trust Look, myself it's like uh um oh no infamous festival of blood oh sure or like uh uncharted um lost legacy Naming two of them. <laughs> PlayStation exclusives. Though, Where it's just so. like, here's like another little bit of game. Yeah, like here's, we used all of the same like assets of like the previous thing, but like here's another little way into it. And it's like sort of related to the main thing, but like also isn't. 
Did you ever play Festival of Blood? That was so cool. No, I never did. Do you know the premise of it? Yeah, you're in like New Orleans and there's yeah, like so zombies it's, or something. It, it, so it's not zombies, it's um like vampires. Vampires, that makes um, sense, given the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know, Festival of Blood could also be a, a zom- zombie thing. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you're right. I mean, I guess it could be, it just wouldn't be as good of a title. Festival of Brains, I would call there that. There we go. Uh, anyway, it was fun, and it was a fun, like a, a nice like bite-sized chunk of Infamous, which could be a game that is too long otherwise. What else is coming out on Friday? The Nintendo Labo Vehicle Kit. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Uh, I, I'm excited to use the controllers in Mario Kart, but I'm also just excited to build these things. Building Labo is fun. It is fun. Um, and this comes with, you know, uh, like a, a flight stick, a steering wheel, and others. Like key fob. Yeah, there's a key fob. How uh-huh. does how does the uh the like boat part of it work or is it a submarine oh yeah it's a submarine look 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 look. i'm gonna buy it we're gonna play with it and then we'll report back on what exactly it is yeah we don't really need to speculate on what it is right now especially when what it is is out there already (laughs) we're we just don't totally know we're just making stuff up now (laughs) all right mark let's get out of the new releases And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Ninten- Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, Mark, we are going to be talking about pictures of ourselves. Uh, you had originally said school pictures, which I think is a good topic, but I don't know that I have too much to say about school pictures. But I feel like any time, uh, like an ID picture, like for you know work or a driver's license or whatever, um, that I just, I hate that I'm going to have to take a picture of myself and that it's going to have to represent me forever. Right. Or for however long that the particular ID lasts. What, do you have any like tactics? Like, what do you do? No, I mean, I, so my driver's license, my, and my, like, work ID, uh, like, they are not good photos, what I would consider good photos of myself. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard, and also, like, it's not the, that person's job to take a good picture of you, right? right? It's just to take a picture of mm-hmm. you. Um, in my driver's license photo, which is actually right there, sitting on, <laughs> sitting on the table, um, I'm not wearing my glasses, uh, and I don't know why that is. Don't they make you take them off for my thing to passports? Mm, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, it also says on my driver's license that I need to wear corrective lenses. Mm-hmm. But I took the test without the lens, without my glasses on. So, like, I think she just saw my glasses and was like, needs corrective lenses. Well, did you have to do, like, the vision portion of it? Yeah, and I did it without my glasses And on. you passed? Yes. Oh, that's great. That's, that is interesting, then, that you got labeled. Yeah. You got marked. Yeah, which, I mean, every now and then I'll, I'll drive around with, like, sunglasses on, which aren't prescription, and, like, I guess if I get pulled over... Yeah, I actually Could I get in trouble for that? I, I don't know anybody who has gotten pulled over and like needed corrective lenses like had that marked on their driver's license and then like didn't have them maybe they just assume you're wearing contacts like i don't oh that's i don't know how they would like i don't know how they would like necessarily check unless 
you got pulled over because you were driving so erratically. Right. And then when they're like, excuse me, Mr. Ellers, and I'm like squinting at him. <laughs> right, exactly. Can you come closer? I can't see you. <laughs> okay, so well, here's something funny about that, like, be, like being marked with corrective lenses thing on your driver's license is that in California, when you're getting your, when it's like time to renew your license, yeah, they send you a letter that are like, oh, like do it on, you can do it online. You should do it online. And then in big bold letters, it's like, note, if you don't do it online, you're going to have to take the vision test because they know people, you know, like can't actually pass the vision test or driving around without corrective lenses. <laughs> but they're like, whatever, as long as you don't come in and make the line longer, we don't care. Well, because the lines are out of control. It, it, I think in all California DMVs, but like in Los Angeles in particular, we've got a couple DMVs and they're all off. <laughs> they're all terrible, right? Um, so, yeah, anything to make those lines shorter, I guess. Uh, do you remember having – I'm getting back to the school pictures. Oh, here. yes. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember, like, having, like, that the day that you were going to have your picture taken? Like, picture day? Yeah. Um, I remember hating that because I'd always have to, like, wear a sweater. Right. You would, like, the try one to day look, my... like, especially nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it ever worked. I think it always just made me look goony. <laughs> well, did you ever have – uh, so when I was really young, like kindergarten, we did like a class photo where everybody, you know, like got together and you're standing on like benches or whatever. Sure. Risers. Uh -huh. or something. Yeah. And then they took one photo. But then as I got older, they were like, that's no too one much cares work. We're not this. doing right. that. And so it's just like your class photo was just everybody's individual like uh, school portrait. Yeah. On one big sheet. That's weird. Is that weird? I was just oh, assumed I guess, that, like, no. Now that I think about like, it, little like ovals. Yeah, I remember and, like, having your name would be on. I remember having those ovals too, and then like just everyone getting their copy of it, and then just like making fun of everyone else for looking like the tools they look like. Well, well, I guess we will never, never know, know for sure. Uh, today we were accompanied by the string orchestra of Conservatorio de Musica de uh, Coimbra. Conducted by Leandro Alves. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. So last Wednesday, Nintendo announced that it would be running a Nintendo Direct featuring new and upcoming 3DS and Switch titles. Uh, it was planned for Thursday, September 6th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, unfortunately, the morning of the 6th, Hokkaido, Japan, was hit with a 6.7 magnitude earthquake. And so out of like respect the uh, presentation has been delayed. Uh, so is, is that what it is? Is a a matter of respect or, I mean, I, I, I would have, I mean, for, first things first, uh, this is a terrible thing. And like, de delay the direct all, all you yeah, want. Yeah, who cares? Like, get, yeah, <laughs> get, get, get your ducks in a row. And like, I hope everyone is safe. And I hope, it, you know, wish them a speedy recovery and, and all of that. Um, but you have to imagine that launching a direct you know, even if, uh, you know, the files are stored elsewhere, and it's really being, uh, you know, uploaded from somewhere else or it's already uploaded or whatever, that as soon as they uh, let that thing go, that they've got a ton of PR work to do and a ton of just like sending of press releases and uh, answering questions from uh, media outlets and all that kind of stuff that they just wouldn't be able to do if the offices are closed, if no one has electricity, if uh, people are missing, you know, like all of these awful things. Um, so like, yeah, out of respect, but also like just logistically, it's got to be a madhouse at Nintendo when they, when they launch one of these things. Um, 35 minutes of info on new uh, Switch and 3DS games means a lot of 3D, it means a lot of coordinating with a lot of partners and like 
if Nintendo's not going to be, you know, at 100% to, like, address it as it happens, like, yeah, don't do it. Yeah, I mean, we also saw, like, to your point about um, having to, like, coordinate with other companies, you know, we saw some announcements happen on Thursday and yeah. Friday that seemingly would have been part of, it's all speculation, but part of that Nintendo Direct, and so some of that stuff right. still, like, rolled out. As right, the like, aforementioned uh, Mega Man 11 demo. Right as being one of them so i mean we're recording this on saturday a little bit earlier than we normally do so it's possible that by the time this is released they will have like announced another date for a nintendo direct it may have also happened by by then too sure also possible all these things are possible um but there uh there were some splatoon 2 data miners um that noticed that there's a uh, ranked rotation uh, and some salmon run gear that were originally scheduled to um, pop on the seventh, so the day after after the direct, uh, and they've both been pushed back a week to the fourteenth. So sort of leading to speculation that some of that is going to be mentioned in the direct, and they so you know maybe maybe they're just saying that it's pushed back one week. But again, we don't know. Uh, the plan for the presentation was that it was going to be like thirty five minutes long, featuring upcoming three DS and Switch titles. Um, 3ds man it's on there well i mean luigi's mansion if nothing else sure and uh bowser's inside story as well uh but like we were saying there were a few pieces of news that seemed like you know in the cancellation happened uh pretty soon before the presentation was supposed to go live Mm -hmm. and so there were still like some elements that seemingly have trickled out um that probably would have been part of the presentation like one of them is that the title of the yoshi switch game yes uh may have leaked on nintendo's website uh it lists a a game called yoshi's crafted world which sounds like a perfectly appropriate name for that game Uh uh, based on what it looks like uh do, do you like the like continuing in uh like yoshi's woolly world yoshi's crafted world I mean, I haven't really cared for any of those games. Sure. And so, like, no, not particularly. Like, another one in that world does not personally excite me, but I know that you really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I like those games. The Kirby's Epic Yarn and Yoshi's World, Wooly World. Mm-hmm. So, and then also, like, daily updates on the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate website. They also stopped on Wednesday, September 5th. So, it's possible that, like, there were updates that were planned for Thursday and Friday. But those also seemingly have been delayed. Right. If they would have been, you know, updates about things that were announced uh, in, in the direct. Um, but that uh, leaves me hopeful that we are going to. I wasn't 100% sure that we were going to find out more Smash stuff in this direct, considering we just had one um, and had, you know, a character reveal, two character reveals and a bunch of um, echoes. So, um, yeah, it's well, we got more Smash incoming. Uh, Game Informer is reporting that there are a handful of first-party Nintendo games that will not be supporting cloud saves when that launches with the Nintendo Switch Online later this month. Um, That includes Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, uh, Splatoon Splatoon 2 is on there. Mm -hmm. Then then there's also third-party titles that won't be supporting cloud saves like Dark Souls, Dead Cells, FIFA 19, NBA 2K19, just to name a few. Um, which seems like a pretty big deal, right? Like those are some big games that people can sink a ton of time into, especially those first party games, right? Like, um, Pokemon Let's Go and Splatoon 2, you know, if you were to lose all of your progress, 
in Splatoon 2 and then like have to build it all back up. Or like Pokemon if you yeah. are trying to like capture you know every creature trying in the to game. catch them all. <laughs> yeah. Even one might say. Um so Nintendo responded to Game Informer's statement saying, quote, the vast majority of Nintendo Switch games will support cl- uh save di- data cloud backup. However, in certain games this feature would make it possible to for example, regain items that had been traded to other players or revert to a higher online multiplayer ranking that had been lost. To ensure fair play, fair play even, <laughs> Sa- save data cloud backup may not be enabled for such games. To ensure that save data cloud backups cannot be used to unfairly affect online multiplayer rankings, the feature will not be enabled in Splatoon 2. Interesting, but does this make sense? Does this make sense? I mean, I guess... Look, I don't understand, like, the technical side of anything. And so, like, the logic makes sense to me of what they're saying. I think for the reasons you noted, it is a huge bummer. Right. You know, if something happened to your save in a game like this where, uh, man, what do they call it? It's such a mouthful. Save data cloud backups. Save data cloud backups. (laughs) Are like Seems like those words are out of order, right? Yeah, it does. It seems like just like, uh, it's like the words are right, but... Cloud just... data, cloud save, cloud backup. Cloud backup is really all I want, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, so it's. I guess I understand why it does seem like like a bit of a bummer. Well, let me ask you this. Why is it that it is not, like, that is not a concern for, like, PlayStation, which with PlayStation Plus, you can save uh, stuff digitally to the cloud uh, with, like, a destiny or anything like that i don't know i couldn't tell you well okay so my uh i don't know if this is directly related but there is a distinction in the way that like destiny and a game like uh bloodborne handled cloud saves on ps4 okay so uh my memory is that like if i logged in if both of us had destiny on our uh ps4s Mm -hmm. and i logged into my account on your ps4 all of my um progress would transfer Right. Right. So, yes. uh, but Bloodborne, I don't believe worked that way. Right. So, if like you, if I logged on to your PS4 with my like Bloodborne account, my progress did not transfer over. Even though my progress was saved in the cloud. Right. It didn't because I, I don't, I don't know why. I maybe a similar sort of like measure. I guess if, if Splatoon was only, was saving your like online progress just online which would make sense because you have to be connected to the internet obviously to use that then i think it would be fine if your save was always online um then then it like locally kept your uh you know other stuff um i think that would make sense and would still you know that would mean that i could like you know start up a new as long as i was logging in as me uh be able to play it on a new switch or someone else's switch yeah that's a good point i guess like and again understanding basically nothing we're geniuses we get we get this (laughs) but it does seem to me that like the solution to this would be to have nintendo store your save you know like your splatoon 2 progress on their servers and i don't think that's how it works i think it's stored locally interesting the i guess and maybe there's another uh wrinkle for uh pokemon in that we i guess we don't know if um let's go eevee and let's go pikachu are going to be Pokemon Bank compatible because in that case, yeah, there totally are. And you know, Pokemon players, well, 
they know how to like game systems and like oh yeah they're a bunch of cheaters they're a bunch of cheaters i tell you what they want to get some shiny pokemons and they'll just like restart over and over again until they make sure the thing they encounter is shiny yeah it doesn't surprise me that the pokemon games don't support it right because i feel like there have been similar although not the same because this would be the first time that like uh you could do cloud saves on a nintendo platform but similar measures in the past to try to prevent cheating in pokemon so i don't know I, I think, to your point, it's a little bit of a bummer, but I guess I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, I guess I do, too. I mean, and frankly, like, hey, you're going to save my Breath of the Wild save? Yeah, that's the big one for <laughs> me, <laughs> honestly. It's, it's like, so whatever, big. I can start over in Splatoon 2. Right, or like the people who, uh, you know, sunk 90 hours into Xenogears. Or, uh... uh Freak out! <laughs> Thank you. Octopath Traveler? <laughs> yes. Also, I said Xenogears, I meant Xenoblade. Right? Chronicles? Yeah. <laughs> is what I meant. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp has hit a revenue milestone. The mobile game has uh, crossed the 50 million worldwide player spending threshold, which you're like, 50 million worldwide? That's a lot of money. And it is... We're talking about dollars here. Yes. Yes. Uh, did you spend any dollars when you played it this week? No. No, oh, I was. I wanted to know if you helped <laughs> push it over the edge. No, but I mean, that is a... Uh, yeah, so... Um, it's an impressive bar, mm-hmm. but it has taken Animal Crossing a very long time. 289 to days. And that compares to uh, Super Mario Run, which took 222 days. And get this 20 days for Fire Emblem Heroes. 20 days is how long it took Fire Emblem Heroes to rake in $50 million. In June and August of this year, am I reading this correctly, that Fire Emblem Heroes alone brought in $63 million? Yes. So Fire Emblem Heroes uh, is continuing to grow like in, in how much people are spending money on it, um, which is pretty remarkable. Um, that $63 million for June and August is up from the same time last year. Um, so yeah, this game continues to just make a, a, just a ton of money. Yeah, which is, I guess, not super surprising. It just seems like so niche. Yes. Compared to something like Mario or even Animal Crossing. Right. Um, so uh, a lot of this uh, data that we're getting right now about um, the mobile games we're getting from a site called uh, Sensor Tower, um, which has a ton of information about just like how games are making money or how apps are making money, I guess. Um, but yeah, they, they point out that... Uh, you know, just for sort of context, um, that means for in just June and August, um, it is as though Fire Emblem Heroes sold uh, 60 or no, a million $60 games. And that two, two years, like a year and a half after its launch over the course of two months, which is nuts. Yeah, that's so much money. Yeah. Coming from a, again, like small niche mobile game. Yeah. Uh, in case you were worried that Nintendo had completely given up oversight of the Star Fox characters for Ubisoft's upcoming Starlink Battle for Atlas, producer Matt Ross revealed just how involved Nintendo has been in, in an interview with DualShockers. Turns out that the studio has been collaborating with Nintendo on a nearly daily basis. Uh, Ross says, quote, As an example, the pose for Fox McCloud on the toy is something that Nintendo actually came up with. We had gone back and forth on different sketches and poses, they told us they had the perfect pose that matched his personality. They sent us back the sketch, and yeah, it's been really, really great. <laughs> yeah, just rub it in, Ross. Need to like talk to Nintendo all the time. Yeah, and be like, hey, Nintendo, draw something for me. <laughs> and then they do it. 
and it's exactly Fox's personality. I don't know that I've seen this uh, this toy, but I guess it encapsulates him more perfectly. I than bet he's Anubis. like pointing or something. Do you think like he's, he's Babe Ruth? I <laughs> he's calling a shot. Uh-huh. Um, I would guess arms crossed. Oh yeah, arms crossed, chest kind of out a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's these are both cocky stances. Calling your shot and uh, arms crossed are both very cocky things and both perfect for Fox McCloud. Uh, also this week, great news, everyone. <laughs> uh huh. Lay down, me, Mark. Do you he- do you hear that that sound? Are you ribbit, are you hearing the people sing? Ribbit, 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 <laughs> singing the song ribbit, of Angry Frogs. Ribbit, we demanded. Ribbit, ribbit, you will of course remember that we demanded that Slippy be included in Starlink. And he is. Yay! Yes, Game Explained shared the opening cutscene of the Switch version of uh, the game. And Slippy, Falco, and Peppy are all featured in addition to Star Fox. And they also mentioned Wolf. So maybe he's going to show up too. Great, man. Just Look, just take all of Star Fox and dump it into uh, the this game, Starlink, because it's it is the thing in this game that I am interested in. So just make it, just make it Star Fox colon Ubisoft, and I'm there. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how much uh, Star Fox there is in the Switch version of the game because it it probably can't be that different from regular Starlink. Like it seems like if you mm-hmm. watch the full cutscene. It's like Starlink, just like generic, like weird Starlink Ubisoft characters running around. And then at the very end, you know, like they do like a Star Wars-esque pan. Uh-huh. And then that's where, you know, like Fox and his friends are hanging out. And so it's like, oh, yeah, you can usually just like snip that part out. Right, 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 right. I mean, yeah, other people got to play this game. And the uh, people who don't own Switches, they got to play without Star Fox. So like... Feel bad for them. Yeah. Do you think, do you think the game is going to sell well, period? I have no idea. And do you think that there will be like a big drop off for the people who don't uh, play it on Nintendo platforms? I have like, if I, ha- I have no clue. I genuinely have no clue. Also, I feel like the marketing behind this game is so Star Fox forward that I think people will buy it on Xbox and PlayStation. Expecting. <laughs> expecting to see Fox McCloud and then be like, wait a minute. <laughs> He's just not in here at all. Um. Okay, so this is kind of, we think, maybe related to the canceled Nintendo Direct. Because mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XV is coming to Switch, sort of. Sort of. Uh, so Final Fantasy Pocket Edition HD, and Pocket Edition is like the mobile version of the game. Yeah. Uh, and HD is somehow different, even though phones have <laughs> a higher resolution than like the, the Switch screen. Right. right. Okay, great. Uh, it was announced for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. The PS4 and Xbox versions are available right now. The Switch version is listed as coming soon. Again, I'm guessing they're waiting for the Direct. Oh, sure. Yeah, that but they're I, holding, yeah. holding that release until but then. I, uh, but I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, also just games come out on the other two platforms and then Switch uh, later, it seems like. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's also true. Um, does it seem weird to you? I wrote this in our notes. In our show notes, this is how badly I wanted to talk about it. Uh, that the pocket editions of these games are of this game is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One when you can play the real version of them. Yeah, it, or it is interesting. If nothing else, like um, 
I don't really know how to account for it. I'm guessing the experiences are not at all similar. Well, you, like, other the, than the like actual the, game the play story. experiences. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and I guess if they're just like big fans of uh Final Fantasy 15, then you want them to spend like 20 more bucks i guess that's a way to do it yeah and i guess maybe like the like little like cute chibi version of the characters maybe appeals to somebody that the like full version of the game doesn't necessarily yeah i don't i don't know i mean i'm not gonna play this either way <laughs> what about you mark were you at all interested in final fantasy 15 when it came out uh no not really um i that's weird i could hear the beginning of a yes in your voice well, okay, and then so you he, back down from it look i like i final fantasy is a series that i enjoy right. i'm mm-hmm. always semi-interested in a final fantasy game um this is maybe not the best reason to not be excited for a game but like three years ago at this point or whatever i pay- played a demo at e3 and did not enjoy it at all yeah um and so it was just kind of like oh well i you know, I have other games I can play. It's fine if, like, I don't play this one. That's a great point. We're already ignoring Octopath Traveler. <laughs> actively. We are actively ignoring it. Okay, so speaking... Like, we have it on in the background, <laughs> but I'm just, just like, not playing no, it. you look. I'm bitter. <laughs> uh, speaking of Octopath Traveler, RPGsite.net posted a translation of a recent, a recent uh, Famitsu interview with Square's Tomoya Asano and Masa- Masashi... Takahashi, part of the team that developed Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler. Cool. A uh, couple of interesting notes from it. So they reconfirmed that there will be no Octopath Traveler DLC, but that they have discarded, uh, started discussions about a sequel. Uh, they also touched on the fact that their team has recently expanded and like be- was renamed Square Enix's 11th Business Division. And as part of that expansion, they hope to be able to release one game per year. Um. So this is what they changed the name to is yeah. 11th business division. Well, you know how like it seems like that is That's fairly the most, typical like, of Japanese the salary band <laughs> name I've Absolutely. ever heard. Absolutely. I mean, you know like even Nintendo, you know, it's like That's true. So- R&D 1. Exactly. You're just like, "Oh yeah. That's the sexy name they give to the studio <laughs> that makes Mario." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh so Square Enix's 11th business division uh, hopes to be able to release one game per year. And while they don't explicitly announce a new Bravely game, they do say that the franchise is not considered part of the past. And they explained that games like Octopath and Bravely uh, Default take about like four, three to four years to make. So if they were to release one game a year, they will need two new franchises as well. So all of that basically confirms that they're planning on making an Octopath Traveler sequel, which is a no-brainer. Right. They're going to make a new Bravely game, which is also kind of a no-brainer, and that they must be thinking about slash working on uh, new IP as well. Let me ask you this. Bravely thirded, uh-huh. whatever it's going to be called, uh, is that a sw- Switch game? Is that a 3DS game? Or is it a mobile game? Oh, great. Yeah, sure. No- another good question. I mean, and, and are these, I guess I was just assuming that these games would, be, would continue to be uh, Nintendo exclusives. Sure. If I, if I was Square... And I saw... And let's pretend that you are. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, so I wake up in the morning. Right. You know, I'm like putting on a suit, mm-hmm. going into work. Right. And somebody's like... Get on the subway. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Right. I'm on it's the subway. Crowded. Yeah, it's very crowded. Right. Um, but everybody's polite. Mm-hmm. And then I f- finally get into work and somebody's like, hey, uh, should we make one of these games for the 3DS? I would say this. You know, 
Octopath Traveler really broke out on Switch and sold incredibly well, especially in the West. No, I think we should, <laughs> I think we should continue to put these games on Switch. Just on Switch. You think they're done with, with the 3DS now? I mean, who am, who am I to say? Because I am not in actuality. Right. Square oh, Enix. sorry. The spell was so convincingly <laughs> cast that I thought for sure I was actually talking to... Check out to my reel on YouTube. <laughs> Square Enix's 12th <laughs> business division, Mark Mitchell. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. I liked Octopath Traveler. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this, more than Tokyo RPG Factory, had, like... Uh, oh, yeah. They're sort of fulfilling the promise of A little uh, bit, where it's just, RPG like, Factory. these, like, kind of old... Uh, the capturing the feel of those classic RPGs. Do we... Were, are we aware of, like, a game that uh, Tokyo RPG Factory has been working on since Lost Sphere? No. Yeah. Or I am I am not. Neither am I. Yeah. I, I don't think we've heard any announcements for them. Cool. Uh, 2K, ga- 2K Games has revealed that they will be bringing Civiliz... Oh, wow. It's okay, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's just tra- let's you, start you gotta transit. Look, normally you read the news, and uh-huh. you're a great host of this show. Momentarily, you became part of Square Enix's 12th business division. That's right. And so now you just got to transition it's like back. It's an out-of-body experience. That's okay. right. 2K Games has revealed that they will be bringing Civilization VI to Switch on November 16th of this year. This is another game that we're kind of assuming was planned to be revealed yeah. in the Nintendo Direct, but that like the announcement came out as scheduled anyways. Uh, this version of the game will include all the updates and fixes from the PC version and includes the following pieces of add-on content. The Viking Scenario Pack, the Poland Civilization and Scenario Pack, Australia Civilization and Scenario Pack, and the Persia and Macedon Civilization and Scenario Pack. Um, have you ever been a, a Civilization guy? Not really, because they're so like PC-focused and or, you know, for a long time, they were mostly PC games. And yeah. I never really had a game, like a PC that could run games. Yeah. Um, but I know people who are hugely into it. And yeah, I think people it's exciting. People who, like, exclusively play Civilization since, right. right? Yeah, like, it's totally one of those games that, like, you don't have to be, like, a huge gamer. Um, people just, like, enjoy it in the same way people enjoy playing Risk or other games that I could mention because any game you mention would fall into this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah bring yeah. it to switch yeah uh and finally build-a-bear will now be offering a little an alolan version of vulpix yes it comes with a shiny white like winter coat looking thing which you know i don't immediately think of what i think of hawaii or alola right but the vulpix the alolan version of vulpix is uh like ice instead of or water it is not fire, which is what it normally is. Okay. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, so it's it, they've uh, like reversed its its type on that, um, which is kind of interesting. But also, I mean, like it's it's a cute, it's cute. If you want to like Google it, uh, Google yeah, it. it's cute. It's cute. Um, it seems like an obscure Pokemon for Build a Bear. I don't know that I've ever seen a Vulpix in my life. <laughs> like this may be the first time I'm uttering. I mean, you know, you could tell with the hesitancy in which I read that news piece that like I mean, Vulpix okay, is okay. not a word that rolls off my tongue okay but you also uh stumbled over alolan and we played sun and moon and talked about it on this show so i know you you're familiar with alola great point i have no rebuttal all right mark let's get out of the news 
that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, which means that you have no further episodes of Nintendo Cartridge Society left until the ultimate determination of who is the best NPC in all of the Zelda series. Mark, I'm so excited for this. I know. This feels a little bit like that Daffy Duck cartoon where he's like going to do the greatest trick ever and he ends up just like... <laughs> he's going to explode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It almost feels like a... Uh, like a series finale. Right. We'll be back next week. Yeah, but it just, it just feels like a cliffhanger. It does. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you are excited about the next, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you have the ability to share this episode with someone you love or someone you hate, please do. Uh, we appreciate that greatly and helps us out a ton. Otherwise, I don't know how people discover the show unless someone is like, hey, check this out. How do you find podcasts, Mark? But usually recommendations from people. Right there. There it is. We didn't even plan that. That's just the God's honest truth. That's right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Mark and Mine's opinions, we do write about comic books on RecomPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. If you like his music, you can get it on his website, which is ApeBetty.com, or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers warning you that Starlink on Xbox and PlayStation 4 will not feature the Star Fox characters. But thanks for listening. Campfire.